0: All right, all right. Welcome back to Drop Pass Podcast. Another week, another episode in front of us. Season previews are now dealt with and I've been enjoying the new NHL season with all of my heart. Even though the start has been as unpredictable as the Finnish weather at this time of year. NBA is finally back on track as well and the UFC has been able to line up some huge fight cards in the near future, so we should have some exciting events ahead of us in the next coming months. This week, though, we are going to keep it pretty short and chill, as I update you on how the NHL season has started, and how the first round results have shaped the standings in the Champions League. It is still very early, but... Already you could see the decline in some teams' performances, so they have to be addressed before they slip out of hand. Also, hats off to the Gypsy King Tyson Fury for retaining his WBC world title against Deontay Wilder in their third world championship class a couple weeks back. It was as entertaining match as one could expect And Fury once again showed why he is titled as one of the most technical strikers in the heavyweight class. Who will challenge him next or is the champ already done with his boxing career after such a heartwarming comeback to the elite of boxing? That remains to be seen. But with that said, I think we can move on to check the latest headlines on the NHL and the current Champions League standings after the first three games. I'm not going to bombard you with lots of stats this week, so you can just relax and enjoy this week's episode without too much stress. Lastly, I want to ask you once again for some feedback. It would really, really benefit the making of this podcast in the long run. And it really doesn't have to be anything drastic. For example, what's been your favorite type of episode or What you would like to see in the future could be something to lean on. Like or dislike works as well, but some background would fill in some gaps regarding the weaknesses or strengths of this show. But regardless, links to my social media are down in the description, so do as you please. But with that said, we move to the topics in hand. So without further ado, let's get going. Okay, my little ponies, it's time to take a glance at the latest news from the NHL. Probably the biggest headline this week was Evander Kane's 21-game sussy, which he received for violating NHL's COVID protocol. And I mean, this was expected, or at least we knew that he was going to receive some kind of disciplinary notice for his offseason actions, and seemingly the entire organization is starting to get fed up. With his offering activities, which include massive gambling debts and most recently the sexual assault slash domestic battery allegations. Last year I thought that the guy had gotten his shit together, but seemingly that wasn't the case. The most repulsive aspect is the physical abuse allegation case against him. And overall things just seem to fall apart for him. All at once. The protocol infraction was just the tip of the iceberg since he filed for bankruptcy earlier this year and was sued for unpaid loan. To me, Sharks have only one thing remaining that they are able to do with Kane at this point, and that is his contract's termination, even though the protocol infraction by itself won't be enough to make that happen. Players seemingly are fed up with his antics as well. And I just can't see a future for him in the NHL. After all, is said and done. Players, after all, are responsible for their actions, not the teams. And San Jose Sharks is his employer. So I asked the question, would this be acceptable in a normal workplace? My answer would be no, but we have to wait and see what happens. But if Kane wants to continue his professional hockey career, I would suggest learning some Russian, because that might be his only option left. Yaramir Jagr did it before him, so if I was Kane, I would call the man and ask for advice on how to deal with overwhelming depths. Also, Robin Lehner came out with a pretty strong statement towards the league a couple of weeks back, on the mental aspect of this sport and i fully support him with this case because this is most likely bigger problem for the league than many of us might expect players have been vocal of this issue already in recent years and my thinking is that this issue needs to be addressed sooner rather than later now that there clearly is a lack of support from nhl's behalf mental health problems are never easy thing to discuss but with more players stepping up to plate and bringing these problems to the surface, should affect a change of some sort. The sport is already challenging on its own with the physical aspect, and there are professionals who deal with physical treatment, so there should be a department fully focused on the mental side of things as well. We've seen the sad stories in which this pressure might lead to, so there needs to be change so that we won't have to hear any more of these sad and unfortunate stories where human lives are at stake that's why i want to pay my respects to late jimmy broadway hayes who passed away just few weeks ago i won't go into any details but these are the endings we don't want to hear and so nhl needs to stand up and make a decision on how to cope with these things before someone pays the ultimate price This still seems like a hard topic to discuss, but if we raise the awareness around the fans and the league, we force things to improve, and so we hopefully see some changes already in the near future. And even though I don't want to bring negative thoughts to this podcast, I felt like this was a problem that I needed to address, since there seemingly is a big hole when it comes to dealing with these kind of issues, and players have been vocal about it, so Raising the awareness is never a bad thing, especially when it comes to mental side of things. It is an important aspect in the civilian life, so why it shouldn't fit the professional scenery as well. But let that sink in just a moment as we move to the other news surrounding the NHL and the Champions League. So let's continue as we check how the injury list is looking at this point of the season. Well first of all, we have to address the LTIR players since we got another big name to the list this week which won't please many people to say the least when looking back at the previous season. Long-term injury reserve means that players with this specification are expected to miss significant time because of their injuries and don't count towards team's caps. From the get-go, players such as Ben Bishop, Brian Little, Oscar Glefbaum Johnny Boychuk, Michael Ferland, Jack Eichel, Brandon Sutter, Kevin Hayes, Evgeny Malkin, Shea Weber, Carey Price, Paul Byron, Alex Tuck, Jake Gardiner, Alex Daylock, Jacob Rana, Nick Beckstrom, Oscar Sundquist, Josh Archibald, Colin White, Travis Hamanick and Caleb Jones have been on TLTIR and are expected to miss still some time. Whether it is an injury or personal matter related. But during past couple of weeks, we've seen some additions to this list and probably the most noticeable one was Tampa Bay's Nikita Kucherov. And I know some of you almost needed extra oxygen because of flashbacks and I completely understand it. Currently, it is unknown how long Kuch is going to be out, but I would assume that he will make his comeback before the Olympics. Because I believe that he wants to participate now that the NHL players are finally back in the scene. And that's exactly why I don't expect Tampa to make any additions to their roster, even with the additional cap space. But like I said, it is still unknown how long of a rehabbing process Kucherov has ahead of him. Since it is a lower body injury and after all there always is the possibility of a surgery. This year, I would say that it would hurt the team more if he's out long-term because of the absence of Gord, Coleman, Goodrow line. But at the same time, it would fit to my prediction of them finishing third with few more losses. But we'll see once the team announces additional information concerning the injury, but I believe that he wants to be back before Olympic Games start in Beijing. Tampa also lost their off-season addition Jack Boghossian to injury and he is expected to miss at least 46 weeks with undisclosed injury, but he will be back on their blue line with relatively short notice. Toronto also received some bad news last week when it was announced that Ilya Mikheyev's thumb required surgery and he is expected to miss somewhere along the lines of 6-8 weeks. Meanwhile, Nick Robertson will be out for at least 10 weeks because of fractured leg. Similar timetable to Mihayev Was also said to Golden Knights goal scorer Max Pacioretty. Who suffered a lower body injury against the Kings last week. Which will be a huge blow to already struggling Vegas side. Meanwhile in Buffalo. Youngsters Casey Middlestad and Henry Okihariu. Will still miss some time with their injuries. But for now Buffalo seems to be in good shape. Even without the two studs. Anaheim's lineup is quite healthy at the moment, but this week was announced that their forward Max Jones will be sidelined for a long time because of a surgery that will repair his torn pectoral muscle and thus will miss four to six months to recover. New Jersey got some news as well, both good and bad. When Jack Hughes was injured in the game against the Kraken this week, And the good news was that he will most likely need a surgery even though he sustained a dislocated shoulder when he crashed to the ice after receiving a big hit from Kraken defenseman Jeremy Lausanne. So currently we have to wait and see how long the phenom will be out since he has been one of the most entertaining players on their team and has already recorded three points in his first two games. And if you can remember... During the Western Conference previews, I told you that I was concerned about Edmonton's goaltending and especially Mike Smith's health. And I don't know if I jinxed it, but he suffered a lower body injury this week and was placed on the injured reserve. So the question currently is how long he will be out. Hopefully not long, but Koskinen so far has been able to operate in their net and secured the wins needed. For the rolling Edmonton squad. Lastly, few notable players entered the NHL COVID protocol, but as a whole, those were the most notable injury news around the league so far. The season is long, so we are going to see lots more once the teams start to reach the 20 game mark, but I hope that we can live without any major drama since I know from my own experience how hard it is to recover. From a lengthy injury. Yes these guys get paid a bit more. To cope with these problems. But you never hope these to happen to anyone. But unfortunately they are part of professional sports. I'm probably not going to involve these each week. But if there is something major that happened between episodes. I will make sure to keep you posted on these matters. Whether it is major injury, trade or signing. Consider it done. But with that said, let's see how teams have started their seasons and which players have already stood out in the few games we've seen. Alright, let's get the worst of the worst out first, a.k.a. Chicago, Arizona and Montreal. I mean, Arizona doesn't surprise me one bit, but Chicago and Montreal are somewhat intriguing, especially Montreal, which is currently the worst team in the league, with five losses in their first five games, and negative goal difference of minus 15. And I mean, they've been bad with capital B, and if you remember, I predicted that they would struggle big time this year, but this has been a disastrous start to the organization, and you know, it hasn't been... Because of a bad goaltending. Only 4 goals scored through 5 games isn't sufficient at all. And Jake Allen is the last player you can blame on this squad. But if this level continues throughout the season I won't be too mad since the lottery odds for Shane Wright increase and that would be the player the Habs have been missing for years now. So whatever happens this year I won't be too dramatic about it since the odds were pretty bad to start with and Bergevin has already been linked to Los Angeles at this point of the season so all I can say is good luck on your journey both Bergevin and the Habs and like I said in the season previews Chicago was a big wild card on my papers coming into this season and currently they seem to end up on the bottom half of the league which wasn't completely what I expected, but more so I was expecting them to fight for a playoff spot this year. Flurry's appearances have been atrocious in the crease and Jonathan Tavis' comeback hasn't been as impactful as many, me included, expected before the season started. The expected suspects, Petty Kane, Alex Deprinket, Kirby Duck and Seth Jones have been the main guns on offense so far, but if they fancy to fight for a playoff spot, which I doubt, they need involvement from the rest of their group, similar to last year. Only one point from five games is alarming, especially when looking at the other Western Conference teams, which haven't been boasting with points so far either. Goaltending and depth need to step up, if they want to achieve anything else than the lottery ticket this year. But the way they've invested this summer, I expect some changes with short notice, since there already has been talk surrounding Dylan Strong's departure, and he could be the first guy out of Chicago if they want to address their current weaknesses. Arizona was expected to be a total house, so there's not much to speculate about. Teams that have struggled more than expected are Vegas, Colorado, Winnipeg, New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Nathan McKinnon's absence has been noticeable, but I fully expect their course to change once they get to full speed again. There's no doubt about it. Similar to Avs, Vegas has been struggling with their offense. Stones and Pacioretty's absences have affected their offensive numbers, but Shay Theodore, Alex Pietrangelo and Jonathan Marchesso have been nowhere to be found. And quite honestly, Robin Lehner hasn't been a world beater either. I fully expect them to change their course similar to Avalanche and fight for the division title once they get things rolling again. And before we head to East I have to mention the Jets because I expected them to be on top of the table but they've only won one game out of their first four. Their defense has been atrocious and Connor Hellebach has seen more 3-on-1s than Riley Reid in his professional career. I mean, those additions they made to their blue line this offseason have been nowhere to be found. And just as heads up for the Jets, it won't be a walk in the park when it comes to playoffs. So if I was them, I would get my together fast and start playing on the level they are expected to. But that was just a storm warning. So that's all for the Jets for now. In the East The Islanders haven't been able to find offense in their first four games and surprisingly their strength defense has been lackluster as well while they got blown out by Florida and Carolina in their previous two games. Similar problem can be seen in Tampa where the back-to-back champs have seemed to suffer from championship hangover and thus the defense hasn't been their biggest interest so far. But once the young boys start to tire themselves up the veterans will take over, so there's certainly no panic when it comes to their season. Certainly, Kucherov's absence will be noticeable, but to me their core is still one of the best in the league, and so I wouldn't count my chickens before they hatch. And before you Maple Leafs fans start to burn your jerseys and hyperventilate, just take a moment to think about we need a Pooh. The feeling will pass by, and you won't suffer. For the entire season. You have to remember that Austin missed significant time with his injury. And will be back to his level quicker than you think. And remember to hydrate yourselves during the games. Thank you. When it comes to surprises we got a few to mention. First of all don't try to come at me with the sabers. Because that thing ain't gonna fly. Just FYI, no cap. I don't know what nerve they've hit, but even though they've got competent coach for once, that thing is bound to hit its ceiling. I would save some wins for the rest of the season, guys. We've seen this story before. Greg Anderson, three games, .933 save percentage and 2.01 goals against average, and Kyle Poultzal. Four games, one Gino and two Apples. Thanks for coming. Almost point per game. If someone is delusional enough to believe that this thing will stick, I'm ready to listen. Because you clearly are going through some stuff. so, So just reach out to me and we will talk. I'm willing to listen. To all Sabres fans, enjoy it while it lasts. Your Christmas came early this year. Columbus has started their season strong as well, but when you look at their first opponents, you see why they got three wins in their first games. And two of them even came in overtime. Their goaltending has been strong. Patrick Laine has looked much more of himself this year. And Oliver Björkstrand has continued where he left off last season. Also, Max Domi has been solid alongside Laine. While Wierenski has started to fill those expectations, which were laid on him once Seth Jones left to Chicago. I still don't believe that they will make the playoffs, but seemingly the fresh start has been the spark for this team. And they could be the underdog story this year. We'll see what happens. Same thing goes with Pittsburgh, who've been battling without their stars so far and been surprisingly good to say the least. I probably underestimated Mike Sullivan's presence behind their bench, and the team overall seems like a cohesive unit, which could lead to favorable results, as we've already seen. The goaltending hasn't been bad either, so it will be interesting to see how they manage this stacked metropolitan division. Last team from the East that has somewhat surprised me is the Detroit Red Wings. They've showed some character already while the whole roster has been chipping in each night, which has equal to two wins in their first four games. Both Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider haven't looked out of place one bit, and Thomas Kreis has been a wall on their net, so they could be a really tough opponent this year if they can keep this level of play going forward. Last team I want to mention is the San Jose Sharks, and even though I would like to say something about one of their rookies, I'm not willing to jinx it, so let's just say that they've been better than advertised. Barabanov hasn't even made his comeback yet, so he should add something to their lineup as well. I still believe that they will start to plummet at some point, since both of their netminders currently hold above 092 percentages. And under 2.10 goals against average. So if I had to be sure of something, it would be that those numbers will come down. Most likely pretty soon. William Eklund has been solid as well. Timo Meyer is showing signs of comeback season. And Captain Gautier is even playing above his expectations. So you could say that it has been a surprising start for the Sharks. November, though, is probably the darkest month of them all, so all I can say is just keep going. Scoring leaders so far: Mac Jesus on top with Dry Sidal. Surprised. I wouldn't be even if they were only allowed to play with their feet. Then, few points behind, Anse Kopitar with 6 tucks and 3 apples, followed by Caps Combo, Ovi, and Kuznetsov. And nice bison himself, Jesse Puljujarvi. 8 points in 5 games, so the 70-point mark is still very much in reach, even before Christmas. Kyle Connor, Stammer, Kocher, Björkstrand, Meyer, Dowdy, Newton, Hopkins, and I might have told you that Jordan Cairo is a pretty good player. Seven points in first three games, and I assure you that much more yet to come. So few surprises so far, but the familiar faces will most likely start to rev their engines closer we get to the Santa's homecoming. So just chill, we just got things started. No need to hit the panic button yet based on just three to five games We still got something in order of 75 games, so forget the sedatives for now. But that's pretty much where we will continue next week on the NHL. Lots of hockey still to come, and I love how we are starting to get back to the normal feeling. Where the Sabres have average attendance of 500 people, and the other fans bring the fifth element to games. NHL done with this week, so... Let's head to see how the first round of the Champions League has gone. Last up, Champions League standings. Group A, first PSG, second Manchester City, third Club Bruges and fourth Red Bull Leipzig. Leipzig has been disappointing even without mentioning and they have a battle in front of them if they even want to advance to the Europa League. They would need at least one win from the remaining three games, but still, because Bruges drew with PSG, they have to find another point to even draw with Bruges, assuming that they will lose the remaining games. The top teams aren't secured yet either, but I won't believe that City or PSG will melt in their last remaining group stage games. So we'll say that PSG and City will advance as they are, and Bruges will continue their journey in the Europa League with one point over Leipzig. Group B, the group of death, first Liverpool, second Atletico Madrid, third Porto and the fourth spot belongs to AC Milan. To me, this seems pretty clear when it comes to teams advancing. Liverpool as the first seed and Atletico will be the other team out of this group. And no matter how I would like to see Milan in the Europa League, I believe that Porto can hold on to their third spot and continue their European season in the Europa League. It is just hard to come back from three losses, even though you have two home games remaining. So I'm going to say that Milan will be the odd team out from Group B. Group C should be pretty straightforward as well. First, Ajax. surprising but you know Sebastian Haller scored few goals in the first few games so should at least pay some attention. Then second Dortmund third place belongs to Sporting Lisbon and the last team of this group is Turkish Besiktas. I would say the only remaining change for this group is that Dortmund will take the first spot but other than that the teams are pretty much settled. Dortmund and Ajax, with their explosive start, will advance to the next round. While Sporting will challenge the teams in the Europa League. Besiktas put up a good fight in their first game against Dortmund, but I don't see many free points available for them from these other three games. So that's why they are out in my papers. In the Group C, we've seen the biggest surprise as the first place team isn't one of the world giants, but it is a team from Moldova, Sheriff Tiraspol. They got a big win over Real Madrid in their first matchup thanks to 90th minute wonder strike, but unfortunately I have to admit that those heroics won't be enough. Real is in the second place, Inter Milan closed out their first round with a win over Sheriff and is currently third in the group while Shakhtar Donetsk mans the last place in the group. Madrid is going through no questions about it, and as I said, Tiraspol will unfortunately find themselves from the Europa League. I believe that Inter will win at least two of their remaining games and advance to the second round over Sharif. Which leaves Saktar as the last team of this group, which shouldn't surprise anyone after seeing the results of their first three games. Group E, though, is trickier than the previous one since Bayern München is in the first place Benfica holds the second spot Barcelona is in third and fourth spot place is Dynamo Kiev Bayern is through unquestionably but the second spot is still in the grasp of both Benfica and Barcelona Barca has been hot garbage this season in both Champions League and La Liga so the odds are against the struggling Spanish giant They were only able to barely beat Kiev in their last first round game, while they lost the first two games to Benfica and Bayern 3-0. So minus five goal difference going into second round of the group stages. Benfica on the other hand has all the keys to success with one point lead over Barca, while the second spot could end up being decided in their game against each other. Very choosy matchups for the last three games, but I have to believe that Benfica is able to handle the situation and drop Barcelona to Europa League. First time in god knows how long. Kiev will be the slot machine in this group and will finish last if nothing special happens. Watch them beat Barça in their next game. Group F is fairly unpredictable as well, since all four teams are within four points of each other when we head to the last three games of the group stages. First place currently belongs to Manchester United with one loss. Second spot belongs to Atalanta, while Villarreal is even in points with them on the third spot, and the last team of this group currently is BSC Young Boys, who beat Menu in their first game. United hasn't been up to par yet in Premier League either as of late, so they need to find wins in Champions League if they want to advance from this group. I fully believe that they will make it out of Group F as the first seed, but they need to find their game if they want a deep run in this competition. When it comes to second spot in this group, I'm predicting Atalanta to take the other available ticket to the knockout stages. Since even though they haven't been on form in Serie A, Villarreal has been struggling as of late, and thus I see Atalanta to squeak in from this group. Villarreal will continue their European journey in the Europa League and challenge the other teams as last year's champions. Young boys will remain as the last seed, and that will be the end of their European season, unfortunately. Group G's first two spots are still up to grabs for each team and it will be a dogfight for the remaining two spots to the next round. Currently, Red Bull Salzburg holds the first spot while Sevilla is on the second spot with only one point lead over Lille and Wolfsburg. Even though Salzburg leads the group at this point, I believe that with two home games remaining, Sevilla will take the first C spot from this group while Salzburg will advance as the 2nd seed team. It will be tough to come back from a five-point deficit, and especially when both Lille and Wolfsburg haven't been on their best in the domestic leagues either. I don't see them making the top 16 of this competition. That's why I will predict that Wolfsburg will grab the third spot and continue their journey in the Europa League, while last year's league and champions will be eliminated from the competition. Last group, the group H, is pretty straightforward. Juventus currently at the top spot with clean sheet, 3 wins and plus 5 goal difference without any goals allowed, while Chelsea sits at the second spot with 2 wins and plus 4 goal difference. These are the two teams advancing from the group in the current order, while Zenit will take the third spot and continue their season in the Europa League. Malmö is the laughing stock of this group and they can pretty much focus on their domestic season since they don't have anything to offer currently in the Champions League. Top scorers currently in the competition are Sebastian Haller with six sucks, Robert Lewandowski and Mo Salah with five goals and the last player with more than three goals is Leipzig's Christian Nkunku. Hans Van Aken Leroy Sane, Karim Adeyemi, Antoine Griezmann, Riyad Mahrez, Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo with three goals so far but there's still at least three games remaining to pad those stats but overall fairly competitive Champions League season so far the big dogs are in the crosshairs as always and already we've seen some surprising results so get ready for one or two more In the last games. But that pretty much wraps up the episode. I decided that it would be beneficial. To fit in this kind of chilled news update episode. After such relentless season previews. We'll see what we will come up with next week. I'm currently working on adding the first guest to this podcast. And I was also thinking about including Q&A episode in here as well. So please tell me if you would like to see that in the future as well. I could post some kind of padlet in which you could throw in some questions anonymously. And hopefully that could work as a some sort of introduction to me as well. But let me know if you would like to see that at some point. I think that's all I have to say for now. So have an awesome week, you beauty. And thank you so much for listening once again. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Until next time. All right.